Bubble the Pursuit is a podcast for people ready to make the most of every opportunity. In the race to success, we're not all starting from the same place. Level the Pursuit seeks to fill in the gaps and provide accessible, bite-sized leadership lessons for anyone looking to improve their skills and prepare for the next step, whatever that might be. Last week, we talked about uncovering bias in our daily lives. As you looked around you, what did you see? Did you get a chance to think about your own mental shortcuts? If not, take some time this week to examine your interactions. The more we look for biases, the better we are at finding them and the better we are at interacting with the world around us. But how do we approach those interactions? We talked about confronting bias last time, but that's really just the start of the conversation. When we have to give corrected feedback, many of us struggle to balance being nice with being honest. We try so hard not to hurt someone that we don't give the whole truth or we don't have the conversation at all. The other end of the spectrum is jumping right in without any warm-up and annihilating the person we're trying to help. When we receive feedback, we respond to those same mistakes. We take things too hard and have a hard time recovering. Or we receive a bad connection around what may have been a good message, so we disregard it completely. All of these mistakes make it harder to create connections and harder to learn from our mistakes. It's important that we learn to set the stage, to have the hard conversation, and to fully listen when someone cares enough to reach out. Over the next week, think about someone in your life who needs feedback. If you want to keep the relationship moving forward, practice these techniques and make that connection happen. When we set the stage for receiving feedback, we're really trying to create a space where the other person feels safe. Receiving feedback feels incredibly vulnerable for most people, so it's best if you can do everything you can to make that more comfortable. This does not mean sugarcoating your advice or leaving out the hard parts. It's not useful if you leave out key information, and the parts that are painful usually feel that way because they're the most important. It means finding a place where you have privacy, where both of you have time to devote to whatever the discussion needs, where you don't have distractions or interruptions. And it means ensuring the person is ready for feedback. Obviously, if you make an appointment for a feedback session, you both know that's what's coming. But if it's impromptu, you should prepare them. If you're the boss, it can be as simple as saying, is now a good time to go over some feedback? And let them respond. If they say no, unless it's an emergency, respect that and make an appointment. If it's a peer or a supervisor, you could say something more like, would you be interested in some feedback about your presentation? Or... I have some ideas about that new project. Would you be interested in hearing about them? Again, if they say no, you have to respect that. But if they say yes, you've opened the conversation in a really good place. Once you've found that safe space, you have to actively work to keep it there. The feedback has to focus on the actions, not the person. If a person feels attacked, they will naturally try to defend themselves. A helpful mindset is that most people generally want to do the right thing. So those that don't lack the training, understanding, resources, or incentive to do that. With feedback, you're basically trying to tell someone who you believe means well how to improve their performance. If you have it in your head that this person is lazy, malicious, or self-centered, your comments will reflect that and you will have them shutting down before you even start. Keep the discussion away from criticizing someone as a person and they're more likely to be engaged in what you have to say. So when you start delivering constructive advice, you have to be prepared with specific points and supporting information. Consider writing down your main points so you stay on topic. We've talked about this before, but it's really important you know exactly what you want to tell someone. Telling someone, you act so conceited it's annoying to be around you. 
That's not helpful. What does that mean? It's direct and personal, so they're listening. And you might actually make them want to change something, but there's no specific action to take. Feedback like this makes people feel hurt and frustrated, but it rarely changes their behavior. More useful feedback would be, when we're hanging out, you tend to take over people's stories and make them about yourself. And if you have specific examples, that's even more helpful. If you're direct but tactful, you're more likely to help someone make a change. And this goes for positive feedback as well. You're a good teammate. That's really nice, but it doesn't reinforce any particular behavior. It doesn't describe any particular action. It's way more helpful to say, the time you spend working with our new people until they understand the new processes is really helping the team to be more efficient. You're reinforcing a behavior and you're helping that person to know things that they've done or haven't done have been helpful. So what do we mean by direct but tactful? It means being very specific about what you're talking about. And some people recommend using a passive voice in these discussions. An example would be instead of saying, you wrote a terrible paper, saying that paper was not well written. I personally think you have to experiment with what works for you, but I use a combination of active and passive voice. It depends on the person I'm talking to and what they need to hear. If people are not able to internalize feedback, using passive voice can actually give them a chance to avoid taking responsibility, kind of a cop-out. So you have to pay attention to your team and know how they need to hear information. So now you've started the conversation, what next? We have to check their reaction. Give them a chance to process the information. Did they stiffen, cross their arms? Did they lean back in the chair and roll their eyes and shake their head? If they're hurt or angry, give them a minute. Don't try to retract and don't try to soften the feedback. You already hurt them. It's done. But if you keep talking, you're either going to make it worse or you'll pull back to the point that you water down the message and they disregard it completely. If it seems like they're defensive or emotionally engaged, acknowledge their emotions. If you try to push through the feelings, they're really unlikely to be able to focus on any evidence you present. And basically, everything from the moment they got defensive will be ineffective in creating positive change. Letting feelings have their place, validating them, and then returning to the facts will make the session more productive. Now let them talk. If they have questions, talk through it with facts, not feelings. Even if you're talking about feelings, you still need to stick with facts. So if you say, when you yell at me, I feel hurt and insulted, that's a fact. The action elicits that feeling in you. But if you say, you've been a jerk all day, that's a feeling, there's no helpful action in that. Now, it may seem like those are the same, but the subtle difference actually highlights a cause and effect that someone can take action on. And we're all different. So what part of being a jerk bothers you may be completely different than what bothers me. It may drive you crazy that your partner always leaves dirty dishes in the sink or clothes on the ground, but you could care less that they're always 10 minutes late, where that might drive someone else absolutely bonkers. As we've learned, we're not mind readers. So if you want someone to consider changing their behavior, you have to be specific about what that behavior is. Now, as you go through, it's okay to have a discussion, but you're not trying to convince them. They don't have to agree with you. But don't let them try to convince you you're wrong either. Your concerns are legitimate, and you gave a lot of thought to coming here, and you're trying to support them by offering your views. You don't have to justify your feelings any more than they do. Now, if they're offering facts that add to your knowledge and conflict with your understanding, then it's totally reasonable to hear them out and revise your viewpoint accordingly. And keep in mind, your goal with feedback is usually to make the person and the team better. So be open-minded. There may actually be important factors that you're totally not tracking, and that may change your whole perspective. But if you're shut down or too wrapped up in your own viewpoint, you may fail to create an environment 
where they can give you that information and open up that discussion. So at this point, it's good to ask a question. What do you see as the best way to move forward? Or what would be your ideal outcome from this situation? If they haven't been participating in the discussion this far, this is a good time to get them engaged. If they're not engaged, the chances of having them create actionable plans going forward are, are a little bit lower. They still can. Some people like to internalize all the information first, but it's really helpful to get them engaged in this discussion. As the conversation progresses, try to focus on the future. Don't concentrate on what they did wrong today or yesterday, but more on how they can fix it going forward. If you've given enough thought to the specifics of what they did wrong, you should have some idea of how they can fix it, but hold off unless they ask. Let them work through it. The answer will make more sense to them if it comes from their own perspective, it's developed within their own brain, and they're more likely to follow through if it makes sense to them. Rather than telling them what to do, or expecting them to figure out all alone, this is a chance to get together and create a problem-solving team, a chance to let them know that you're their ally in getting better at whatever this issue is. Once you've reached the conclusion of the discussion, ask for feedback in return. Asking for feedback can help to open discussions before they become a problem, and it shows a ton of respect for the person you've just corrected. Usually in a relationship where you know someone well enough to offer feedback, they've got a few things they could share with you also, so ask. Now, if this discussion was painful for them, they may shut down and not want to talk at all, and that's okay. But offer them the chance to come back in a few days and give you any suggestions once they've had a chance to, to calm down and to think about it. In contrast, they may come back at you hard with criticism without taking the time to be diplomatic and just let you have it. Barring any completely unprofessional behavior like cursing or name calling or anything like that, sit there and take it. When they're finished, thank them sincerely. If you model calm composure and gratitude, they'll take your feedback in a different light and probably feel like a jerk for going off. Now, the goal is not to make them feel like a jerk. It's to give them the perspective to understand that you truly have their best interests at heart and that you understand it's hard to get feedback, but it is possible to hear it and still move forward. Now, you may have heard of the technique of the compliment sandwich. Many people advocate for using this if you give positive feedback to start and end the conversation with all the constructive part in the middle. The rationale is that you open and close with warm fuzzies so everybody's happy. I have two main issues with this technique. First, it arises from a situation when you don't really have a relationship with somebody. So you have to tell them some positive things so you can sneak in a negative. I think this is fundamentally suboptimal leadership and I, I don't advocate having a situation where you have to do that. You should cultivate relationships with everyone in your work or your school sphere as, that you're able to so that it's a more collegial environment, but also when you have to have these types of discussions, the relationship's already in place. But sometimes you'll find yourself in a situation where you haven't had a chance yet to cultivate that relationship or maybe they're outside your sphere. So to me, it's more effective to spend some time getting to know that person either in the same sitting or maybe a couple of days before just to talk, 30 minutes of actually talking and listening and then try to do that. Because that sincere discussion, that time that you take to create a relationship outside of the context of feedback, that is way more effective than just trying to bookend a conversation with a couple of insincere compliments. The other issue I have with it though, is that some people focus on the positives and they never hear the part they need to work on. So the session is a complete waste of time. 
I supervised a person that was like that. Super smart, but absolutely terrible attitude. She thought her coworkers were idiots and she treated them like that. So I sat down with her and I said, you are so smart and you have so much potential, but you cannot continue to disrespect the people around you. When they ask you questions, you can't tell them that they are stupid, which is something that she did. Like you can't continue to try to make them cry. And she left my office and she said, well, the boss says I have a ton of potential. That wasn't wrong, but that wasn't the point. And that was one of the experiences that helped me realize that I couldn't use the same formula with everyone. Now, I wasn't actually trying to do the compliment sandwich in that case. I was just trying to build a rapport with someone that needed some advice, but that's eventually what it worked out to be. And I found that it really wasn't effective in that case. So creating a relationship ahead of time is really important. So feedback can be a productive discussion and you can focus on what people need to work on rather than trying to water it down or create a safe environment when there wasn't one to begin with. When it comes to receiving feedback, you may not always get the same consideration. If you're prepared, that's great. But if you're blindsided, take a second, pause, reflect on what's been said, control your emotions, and then digest their words and also allow them to think through what they said. If they're not good at giving feedback, they may want to clarify some of the things they've said. When there's a pause, both people tend to think about not only what they're expecting, but also what they've said themselves. So they may actually revise or change some of the things they've said. So give them a second. And then say thank you. Even if you're not sure you mean it at that time, this person cared enough about you or your shared purpose to try to help you. You may not agree, and you may be hurt by the opinion, but you should be glad they told you. Put another way, have you ever found out someone was upset with you or that you had messed up from someone other than the person that was mad? How frustrated were you that they didn't just come out and tell you? Well, when you get feedback, they did. So be grateful that they showed you that consideration. Now think about the feedback. If it feels personal, try to separate out your feelings. Are you embarrassed, angry? Are you frustrated because this is something you know you need to work on and you've been trying and apparently it's just not working? Are you fired up because they are dead wrong? All of that is okay, it's natural, but it's not helpful if it keeps you from growing. If after thinking about it, you agree and feel like this is something you should address, that's great. Make a plan to fix it. If this person is someone you feel comfortable following up with, run your plan by them or set a date to check in to see how you're progressing and see what they think. But if you don't agree, take a second to go over it. If the person is someone you trust or respect, you might just accept this new thing to work on. You may just add it to your list of things that you want to improve. If it's someone you don't believe has your best interests at heart, you might disregard it completely. But in either case, if this is new information from a single voice, consider asking a few people close to you what they think. We all have blind spots, so it's not unusual that someone might see something we don't. But even the most well-meaning advisor can be wrong. A single point of view is just that, and you shouldn't necessarily change something about yourself based on one opinion. Now, if it has to do with safety or being illegal or some type of behavior that is dangerous, then you're going to take it a little bit more seriously. But especially with personality things, you might get a couple of different perspectives because personalities are just that, personal. Everything about you may not be someone's cup of tea, and that's okay. So you get to decide what parts you want to change. There are also a couple of pitfalls you should be aware of. You know, I mentioned setting the stage. This is really important, but you have to keep that context throughout the encounter. Negative surprises are one of the hardest events for our brains to deal with. So you don't wanna spring anything on anybody if you don't have to. One time I was in a feedback session with my boss and we had gone through the whole thing. 
it was a structured session. So we had a list of things that we were going to go through to make sure we were on the same page with several areas of my performance that, you know, were part of my job. We finished and we were sitting there chatting and small talk and he was a great boss and I really enjoyed talking to him. He always had awesome things to say. But we finished up and I got ready to leave and he said, oh yeah, one more thing. And he gave me one more piece of feedback. Even though it was a feedback session, I was taken completely off guard because I was not in feedback mode anymore. We had been just talking. So a comment that would have been no big deal made me feel defensive and hurt for a second. As I said, we had a pretty great relationship. So I got over it quickly and I, and I realized the value in what he said. But in that moment, it was a shock. The cool part is I went back to talk to him about a week later and I said, sir, can I give you some feedback? And he said, yes. So I told him, when you gave me that last bit of feedback, I was totally unprepared. So it was harder to take than it might've been. It would've been really nice if it had been part of my formal feedback or if you had given me a chance to get ready for it. He thanked me for the feedback and then he sat there and thought for a second. He told me, you know, I think I wasn't comfortable, so I said it offhand as you were walking out the door. I kind of took a cop out so that I didn't have to deal with it, but thank you for telling me I'll do better next time. Now, what a great leader. His response made it so much easier for me to focus on the things he gave me. And even better, he mentioned a month or two later how glad he was to see I had been working on the things we talked about, but it opened up that relationship in so many ways because I really felt like I could trust him both to have my best interests at heart but also because he was going to admit mistakes and he could hear feedback. So that was huge for me, not only as a subordinate, but also as someone who is trying to figure out the kind of leader that I want to be. The other pitfall is focusing on the wrong message. If you're concerned enough about an issue to address it with someone, you owe it to both of you to make sure you're delivering the right message. Many times we focus on the superficial issue rather than the underlying cause because it's simple and less painful but fixing it doesn't necessarily improve the relationship or get to the whole issue at hand. I was with a guy who always finished the milk and he didn't tell me. Now, I drink a ton of milk, so this really bothered me, but milk was not the problem. My real issue was that I didn't feel like he took my needs and my concerns seriously, so ultimately I didn't feel heard in the relationship. It would be easy to yell at someone to get more milk, but it wasn't gonna fix the problem. And ultimately, didn't matter how much I focused on that, the parts about being heard had to be fixed in order for anything to get better. So today we've talked about giving and receiving feedback in our personal and professional lives. This is a skill that gets more polished as you practice, but it also gets way more comfortable for both the people giving and receiving the information. So practice as much as you can and solicit feedback from people around you. The more you ask people for feedback, the easier it will get, I promise. And remember, don't just ask people who like you, although they will often have perspectives that you were not expecting. They will come up with stuff that you had no idea was bothering them. But also ask people that maybe you don't have the greatest relationship with. They will have a great viewpoint in many cases, and you actually might break down some of the barriers to creating a rapport with that person. As you go through this week, ask someone in your circle for honest feedback. If you have something in particular you've been working on, ask them how you're doing. If not, ask them what they see that you can work on to be a better leader. And then how does that discussion go? Which parts were hard to hear? Which parts would you wish had gone better? Think about what you could do better and then schedule a moment with someone that you need to give feedback to. Keep an open mind and come from a place of understanding and support. If you're just trying to put someone in their place, they feel that. But if you're trying to help them grow, eventually they'll feel that too. 
that's been our discussion of giving and receiving feedback on Level the Pursuit. Thank you for joining, and I really look forward to hearing your comments. If you like the lesson on feedback, please give it a like or subscribe. If you didn't, please comment with what I could do better. Next time, we'll cover leadership and followership. You may have heard about toxic leaders, but have you ever heard of a toxic follower? We'll go over some of those traits and talk about ways to work with people who are truly not on the same page. Don't forget to ask for feedback this week, then head over to www.levelthepursuit.com to share your insights and your successes. I can't wait to learn from your thoughts. Thanks again for joining Level the Pursuit. While we can't choose where we start, we can choose our dreams and how we pursue them. Remember, success is a team sport and there's room for all of us to achieve our goals. So be a good leader, be a good follower, and do something great.